If you're not taking time out of your business, and time means not doing anything business-related, allowing your business to disengage, allowing the energy to recharge, if you're not doing that, it's costing you your business. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky. I'm so thankful that you have joined us today because I have somebody wonderful on the call. And I'd just like to stop and say thank you for supporting the show. The feedback is wonderful, it's warm, it's supportive, and it's inspiring. What's more so, it's really great knowing that the different, uh, that the show is making a difference for you. So thank you very much for your support. Now, on today's show, we're going to be talking about opportunities that um, exist in change and how to use a crisis to re invent your business, emerge as a market leader, and increase profit, team engagement, and customer loyalty. I know that's a, a long mouthful to get through, but with all that being said, welcome to the show, Patty Mara. Thank you, Rick. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Now, you and I were just talking briefly about uh, where you're located, and I think that's a really good place to start. Where are you located? I live in a small town just northwest of Toronto, Canada. Fantastic. Is it, uh, is, it, is it a cold place to live? It is cold this time of year. Yes, it is. Wonderful. What's your major landmark around there that people might know? Major landmark, other than the city of Toronto, CN Tower, um, like, well, Muskoka is just north of Toronto, the Great Lakes. That's all that's really coming to mind. What do you like living about there the most? Have you lived there long? You know, I've actually, I've lived here for about 15 years and um, I would say I like the blend between country and city. Yes. So I'm close enough to the airport to fly globally. I'm close enough to Toronto to be connected in. Um, but, you know, one of my passion is horse riding. And so I'm 15 minutes from the barn and I'm out in nature and uh, so it's a nice balance. I was going to ask you about your hobbies and your sports and recreation. So um, horse riding is a big thing in, in your life? It's a, it's, a, it's a childhood passion that never quit. And uh, <laughs> I, I often say somebody once sent me one of those um, pictures of people aging, you know, the 96-year-old yoga instructor. And there was a 103-year-old cowgirl with her pink chaps and her pink cowgirl standing with her horse all wrinkled up and is like, that's me, that's me. <laughs> so this is, you mentioned childhood. Um, it was this one of, this, uh, one of the things that you enjoyed that you remember the most as you were growing up, riding horses, or were, were there other things? Well, uh, my parents, you know, it was an interesting, my parents, one of their, um, I think their, I don't know how you call it, themes or th something that was important in raising children is we were all in sports. Yeah. So we were all in, you know, team sport activities. Um, we were all in, you know, girl guides and boy scouts. Um, but we we're also all in, in sports and they, they kind of try different things. And, and when I was younger, four to nine, we lived just outside of Montreal. So I skied. Yep. So every Saturday was skiing. When we moved to Toronto, there really isn't any skiing. Um, and and so uh, that summer, they put me into a camp with horse riding, and that was that. Never looked they, back. They couldn't turn it off. There was nothing else. 
as soon as you said girls um girl scouts and, and you know cubs and all the rest of it you took my mind way back like way back <laughs> i remember those days they were quite fun weren't they yes they were yes. camping and skills and did, did yeah. you guys have the badges uh, like we do over here yes we had badges yeah, yes yeah fantastic so uh when you when you talk about pets i often think you know um what was what was the one that you remember the most was it even a horse was it a dog or did you have any other pets i i have i at the moment i have cats dogs and a horse so Lovely. yes and i and i have my whole life um and you know Everyone, I would say everyone is memorable. Somebody, somebody once said, you know, you only have one heart horse. And I completely disagree because this, I've had two horses in my life. And I would say both are equally a heart horse, just different. They're, they yeah. occupy a different place. You, you know, if you have animals and children and people in your life, your heart doesn't, doesn't, it's not one space over another, it just keeps growing. Absolutely, yeah, I absolutely know what you mean there. Every morning that I wake up, I, I look to our dog and I think, oh, just come and give me a cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be the same if I had a dozen of them, I'm sure. Now, um, you're an author with your, your wonderful book, Up Solutions, which we're going to be talking about. You're also a speaker, which I'd like to talk about. You're a business consultant and people can mm -hmm. find you at pattymara.com, but we'll share more about that a little bit later on. I'd love to um, uh, unwrap your life a little bit more in terms of what was your first entrepreneurial experience that was a fun one um and, you know when i was in university and of course when you're in your university you're trying to figure out what your summer job is to make money go back to school and um somehow or another i came across an idea i was going to design and sell t-shirts on the streets of toronto so <laughs> i uh, applied for a student venture loan. I pitched my idea to a table full of bankers and and got the loan. And then, uh, you know, found the manufacturer and created designs. I loved all of it, except for standing on the streets of Toronto <laughs> trying to hawk my wares. <laughs> um, it's a re actually, it's a really neat community. When you, when you find people, they're pretty much anywhere you go and whatever you do, there's a community of like-minded people. And people that were selling you know, products on the streets of Toronto at the time, this is mid eighties, um, same kind of thing. Like everyone looked out for each other, but saying that I didn't make a lot of money. I made enough to pay my loan back. It was quite an experience, uh, but that was definitely my first entrepreneurial venture. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Now I know that you were talking about community a moment ago, and I'll get you to share more about those as they relate to your programs in a little while. But, um, somebody who has um, gone through the ups and downs, like you have, like every successful person mm -hmm. has, um, what would you, what would you say to the My Future Business audience who are predominantly startups and small to, business, uh, small to medium sized business owners about failure? How important is it? Um, I would, I've got, actually got a couple things to say about failure because I love that you asked this question, Rick, because I think it's so important. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the quote, but it's like success is the person who goes one failure past where everyone else stops. Yep. Fantastic. Right. Um, I have this, I, you know, I think the problem is we name it failure when we think it's a bad thing. Um, I actually call it our school of entrepreneurial success. Sometimes tuition is high and sometimes it's a hard lesson to learn, but embrace the lessons. It's almost like, especially for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs have big goals. They're doing something, they're expanding their capability, they're willing to try things that are uncomfortable, they're really carving out something, creating value in the world. 
And in order to do that, you have to do things you've never done before or, or are uncomfortable as you develop the skill. And you have to be willing to play in the game mm-hmm. and learn, mm-hmm. you know, celebrate what works. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's from what doesn't work, you learn, you develop the skills and learn what you need to know to actually reach the goals you're working towards. So I, ra- rather than failure, it's almost like stepping stones. It's, it's like the nuggets that we need to learn from. There's a lesson in every one. There's a gift in every one that really gives us what we need to reach our goals. See, we don't we don't go out of our way to make you know to make mistakes, do we? But we often do learn. And I remember you you reminded me of an experience I had at work at one time years and years ago when I used to work for somebody. I said uh, to my boss at the time, "I learned so much from making mistakes. I plan on having a few today." He didn't respond too well to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Now, um, in terms yeah. of, um, you know, people uh, are essentially business. How important is it for people to step back and have some downtime away from business? Oh, that's another great question. Um, so I am an advocate of the company Strategic Coach, you know, Dan Sullivan and Bab Smith's oh, coaching Sullivan's. business. Yeah, wow. Yes, the Strategic Coach program. Well, I've been in Strategic Coach since 1997. I've been coaching with them since 2002. And the first thing we talk about on the first day of the first workshop is uh, the entrepreneurial time system and the importance of taking free days. And that free days are 24 hours, midnight to midnight, that you don't do anything business related, and they are prerequisite for producing results. If you're not taking time out of your business, and time means not doing anything business related, allowing your business to disengage, allowing the energy to recharge, if you're not doing that, it's costing you your business. Yeah, a lot of people don't think that. They think they can, you know, mm-hmm. just grind away and the more they grind, the better results that they'll achieve. What do you find in terms of um, once you've set up a business system and you've got your, your business underway, what, what would be a reasonable expectation of a business owner in terms of the hours that they spend each week and how much downtime should uh, they have? Spend taking, taking time away or yes. spend in the... No, taking time taking away. Taking time away. You know, it's really it's really dependent on the business, the person, the age, the priority. Um, but if you're not if you're not taking at least one day a week, you're it's really costing you your business. It. I have three red flags that I'm tired of my business because it doesn't always occur to me that I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. So, so I have three red flags. One is that everything is a crisis. I seem to be going from crisis to crisis to crisis. The second red flag is it feels like I absolutely can't take any time off. There's so much to do, I can't do it. And the third flag is that everyone around me appears stupid. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Now this is right? obviously this is obviously connecting back to the mind game. How much of how much of business is uh, psychological? Do you think? Well, and it's but it's creative too. Mm. I mean. You know, entrepreneurs, we're not paid on our time. We're paid on producing results. If you're tired, you're going through the motions, and the first thing to shut down is communication. So you think you're being effective, and really you're just wasting time. 
Yeah, that's sage insight. Like a lot of people just simply do not think of it like this, do they? I, I, as soon as you mentioned Dan Sullivan, which I know uh, provided some feedback on your wonderful book, which I'd love to talk about in the moment, um, I thought the the question that came to mind, Patty, was education. How important is ongoing learning for you uh, and for everyone who is in business? But also, what is your modus operandi? What what is the mechanism that you use the most? Is it video? Is it books? How do you learn? Um, I love books. I, I, I would say I do a combination. Um, I love books. Um, again, I've said I've been in Strategic Coach since 1997. So that always has my thinking kind of leading edge. There's always a, yeah. a challenge or, um, you know, a, a current discussion or something, um, book recommendations. And then I'm just, I have a great network of people. So I, I mean, I love books and I have books everywhere. And I'm, I'm good at skimming them. But, you know, we're also in the video age. So, um, but that for me, that's a little bit more serendipitous. It's it's what shows up rather than seeking it out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this has been a wonderful call. Thank you so much for opening up and having a discussion with me. I, I wonder, we talked about crises. Uh, I wonder um, how it's impacting the business sphere that you work with. And I'm wondering if we can talk about that in terms of um, how people can reinvent their businesses. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. So, um, you know, listen, I started 2020 with a plan. My first book was being published January 28th, 2020. Mm -hmm. And then I had a whole plan in place for, you know, promoting the book and getting it out there and getting it in stores, not just online. And, <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, doing events and, and, in and launching a program that the book kind of leads into yep. and in March 2020 hit right and so the first thing I did which is actually the first thing I recommend everyone do is I got in contact with clients network relationships what's going on how's it what's what's the impact for you how are you handling it what's going on mm -hmm. and um, I talked to businesses that were essential services but you know, even if they were essential services, I, I can name several examples of essential service companies that are excelling, growing, like this is probably the biggest opportunity they'll face in their lifetime. And I've got other essential services companies that are stalled because they don't know how to reinvent themselves. They don't know how to become, to find out the challenges of this year, how to tap into that and become more essential and accessible and i also talked to entrepreneurs whose business multi-million dollar companies that were mm -hmm. shut down overnight you yeah. know event staffing photography um so i you know started to get get in communication and where where that led me to it was interesting it led me into the same path but with a different focus so rather than you know, out there promoting up solutions yep. on my book, that's a piece of it. But I've really been talking about what, you know, crisis interrupts all patterns. And so the patterns, you know, I think, I think the pandemic's done, the impact on the business for the pandemic has been um, the crisis interrupts all patterns. Yep. And there's both a challenge and a huge opportunity in that. And the other is that, in my experience, the crisis has accelerated existing business trends. So things like mass customization, you know, the subscription business model is one of the hottest ones. Mm -hmm. But it can't just be consumerism. It's got to be creating, filling a need. How do you make things easier? 
Um, and, and so I've talked about there are new business rules that you have to shift your focus from sales to solutions and transactions to relationships and that businesses, independently owned businesses that were kind of feeling squeezed in 2019, but mm-hmm. the infrastructure was still profitable yep. in 2020, it's full stop. It's gone away. It, it's gone away. So I wrote a blog post um, uh, in January that was the gift of 2020 was the death of infrastructure. And um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a follower of Peter Diamandis and his Abundance 360 yep. conference, annual conference. And Peter's book, you know, he talks about how technology is shifting us to an economy based on abundance rather than scarcity. And his latest book, The Future is Faster Than You Think. It's interesting because I've, um, I think all of the technology and the shifts that are coming, the, the, the impact that's coming, what's happened in 2020 the, with the shift in the, you know, the infrastructure basically being broken, yep. it's allowing the future faster. I think we would have resisted a lot of the technological advantages we're going to see. It's a bit of a force we, feeding, isn't it? Yes, it's exactly right. So, so it's, it's, you have to future focus your business right now. Have you, um, you've obviously adapted and, and, and moved with the times technologically speaking. Are you, um, given the, I guess some of the restrictions may not necessarily be occurring in your location, but are you moving yourself to more of an online sort of speaker arrangements? How is it affecting your business? Um, I'm certainly, everything I do now is virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm used to coaching workshops in person and I've often traveled to do on-sites with clients. Um, so all of that is now virtual. Um, I'm actually, one of the things, so I, I do experience, especially when I work with a company and I work with the team, because it's not just shifting the business model to be value-based rather than the product or service you sell, mm-hmm. but it's the team has to understand the value and experience they create. So I do a lot of experiential training and I'm exploring virtual reality. I, oh, wow. I think within a year, rather than, you know, Zoom training and video training, I will be delivering virtual reality training. Oh, wow. Like this augmented reality um, type of experience. That's very exciting. I've not heard anybody yeah. talk about business and training in that way. So that would be uh, something to look at and evolution, as it were. Mm-hmm. And, and this is all part of this. There's a future focus that we need to start paying attention to. Um, I, I, I actually think... You know, I think, Rick, we'll see what happens, but um, what I see happening in the marketplace right now mm-hmm. is that I think we'll reflect back on 2021 as the most important year in our business to shift it to what's what's the possibility now? How are we creating value now to our customers, to our marketplace? And how are we making it easier for them, make, being more accessible to them? How are we streamlining for them based on their needs, which are different now than they were? Mm-hmm. And um, in doing that, we're literally future we're future proofing. That's a better word. We're future proofing our business. Yeah. But we'll look back on this year as the essential one that either you make the shift or you're in trouble. Or you'll be left behind. Thank you for sharing. Now, uh, Patty, I'd love to hone in a little bit, focus our conversation on the customer experience as it relates to business. Now, you've talked about moving away from being, uh, I guess, a hands-on tactile in front of two feet and a heartbeat to an online, more sterile environment. Have you found and are other businesses that you are working with finding it difficult to forge real relationships? And how is it different? 
Um, I, again, I see some companies that are struggling and some companies doing really well. Yeah. Um, I think the companies I see doing really well are focused on the relationship with their customers and they find out where their customers are and they're there. So um, one retail business that's a small, it's in two small, smaller communities and um, they're, they've got a very strong social media. They're uh, on Instagram all the time, like constantly on Instagram, but fun, engaging, you know, um, know what their customers want, talk about it, raise other issues, uh, you know, other opportunities. They're in different Facebook groups and have their own page, um, but they're accessible. They're, you know, communicate, they they really have tapped into their audience. And so they're continually reinforcing that relationship. Uh, and a lot of it's on social media, but they also have, you know, they invested in updating their website, adding Shopify, so people can order by phone, uh, by internet, they can have it shipped, uh, delivered locally for free, or curbside. So, I mean, so yep. they've become accessible um, and become, you know, I mean, I think the piece with your team, the team need to understand that they're the ones that deliver the experience. And is it aligned with the value of the business or does it take away from that? Yes. They need to be, te- they need to be brand ambassadors, but the team needs to be set up to win in order to do that. So are we talking about, uh, I guess, is there a place for social media interaction, social media marketing and engagement for all types of businesses? Is that is that something that's... Not not necessarily. It really depends on you. That's where you need to know your who your customers are as a first step. Yeah. What's important to them? Where do they congregate? You know, some B2B businesses, LinkedIn is probably a much better platform, but how are you engaging your, your target audience, your marketplace in LinkedIn? Um, for some, it may be Twitter. Uh, it really, you know, the big... What is it? Clubhouse is the big new new to yep. get into, the, like these audio rooms. Yep, I, I, I'm I'm listening to this and I'm thinking to myself, I have a remote team of workers working for me. What is the process that you would go through with a team when you're trying to train them and and align them with your mission, vision, uh, vision and values so that they deliver a great customer experience? Um, so I, I think there are. It doesn't matter whether they're virtual or in person, in my yep. opinion. Yeah. I think there's there's three core components to setting your team up to win. First of all, let them know the standards of the role, not just their tasks of their role, but the standards of the role. How do you expect them to do it? To what level? Um, so that they really know they're not guessing. They know how to win. The next is there has to be regular communication at the very bare minimum once a week, a huddle. Um, if not a daily huddle, depending on the business, um, there must be regular communication so the team feel like they're in the loop. They know what's happening. They know their place in it. There's a spot to feel connected. And the third for me is that they're getting red, regular feedback on how they're doing. Uh, the only other thing I would add with remote is you need to be tracking everything. I mean, the, the beauty of online is everything is metrics. Everything's tracked. Um, but so make sure you know the dashboard metrics that really are kind of the bottom line measure of uh, your company's performance and your team engagement with your cl- customers or clients. It's pretty powerful stuff, great insights, and I'm sure people will get a lot of value out of reading Up Solutions. Now, a couple of things about the book. Where did you come up with the name Up Solutions? It's wonderful. 
It, that um, that is a very good friend of mine and a very very talented pharmacy owner, Chris Cornelison. Um, and uh, that was one of the things Chris is passionate about wellness. Yep. And um, so one of his pieces were making sure that his team was recommending supplements. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of maintenance medications cause nutrient depletion in the body. The problem is, especially you know your front end clerks in a pharmacy, but really for any business, the your people don't want to feel like they're selling. They don't want to feel like they're pushing something, yeah. and your customers don't want to feel like they're sold. So Chris's insight is when he was focused on the products and trying to sell people and tell people why they need the products, it was all falling flat. But the moment he addressed it as the problem, and here's a solution to your problem, then all of a sudden everything changed. And that's where he called it an up solution, is, uh, is the team's job is to educate and offer. And um, then if, you, if you're not doing that, you're literally ripping your customers off. And again, but the team needs to know that. It's a mindset shift for the team. So Chris uh, coined the term with his pharmacy team, and uh, and uh, it fit. It was like the perfect language yes. when and we talked about everything that I stood for and everything I'd been working on for the past twenty five years. The hand in glove relationship is is alive yeah. and well. I I wonder when was it that you decided or knew in your heart of hearts that you needed to write this book? Oh, you know that's it. You know that's a that's a good story of you need to have the right people. Yeah. Um, I had that book laid out ten years ago. Oh wow. I, I had the chapters laid out, I had the content laid out, and I had tried to hire writers, I tried to hire book publishing companies I'd gone through, you know, I tried to hire editors, and um, I tried to speak it and transcribe it, uh, and I finally came across a company called Business Coach, Ghost, which was actually acquired by Advantage Media, and then that was the right fit, and literally you know, a year later it was published. That's amazing. Um, congratulations on that book. I know, Thank you. I know it's wonderful. Now, when somebody reads the book and, and, they, and they open it, or, you know, digitally speaking, um, what are they going to find? What's the structure, structure like? And is, is it a cover-to-cover -cover read or is it more of a, you know, resource book that they go to when they need something? I would I'd say it's a, a bit of both. It's laid out, the first three chapter are all mindset shifts the opportunity and change, the, you know, under, the, the power of understanding who your customers are and the language, the wisdom in your team. Um, so if you understand those three mindsets, then the fourth chapter is what I call the Absolutions Recipe, which is a, 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 just a very simple step-by-step -step for mm -hmm. your team to understand how to engage with customers, applying the wisdom and their experience to helping customers make effective buying decisions. Really that educate and offer in a step-by-step -step process. And then the rest of the chapters are really skills, setting the team up to win, customer communication, hearing the message, not just the words, um, uh, and really then just kind of fin finishing it with, you know, Brave New World, the grasping, the change that we're embracing. It's an, it's an interesting piece. If you look over the last 250 years, and there's been a couple books written about this, <laughs> that every time there's been a big technological shift and we're, you know, 20 years into our, our no, sorry, we're, we're probably 40 years into our 
the the shift that ha- started our the current shift right now is the microchip, which started yep. in 1971, right? Um, uh, that every time we adjust to the technological shift, which happens right in the period that we're in, it's the greatest. It's both the greatest wealth generating period of a lifetime, but it also always takes the whole uh, populace to a greater level of abundance. Every time we go through a major shift, there's a greater level of abundance for all. So that's kind of embracing the opportunity and what change is, ha- what change is bringing about. Yeah, that's wonderful insights. It's not something that people would necessarily think about or bring to the surface, is it? Now, what was the feeling that you experienced, um, Patty, when you knew that you had finished the book? Um, definitely a great sense of satisfaction that there is something to having I can remember when I opened the first you know copies that they you know released before that went went to press yep to check everything over and I so I'm holding the book in my hand <laughs> and definitely it's like was it easy was it as an author because you know i know a lot uh, of people and i have a very special place in my heart on the show for authors because i I know the journey can sometimes be a struggle what was your experience like the 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 biggest challenge i have is um i create more in language in 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 speaking in communication than I do in written. It's yep. it's I can write and I do write a fair amount. But um, I think there was two pieces to that. One is um, I find that if I'm writing it, my even if I have the structure, um, it's like putting all of this passion in through the eye of a needle and it slows the whole process down. And then the other was it. I also wanted to make sure that it was written at a level, it was my voice, my words, but written at a level that I was willing to put out in the world. Yep, a quality standard that you would accept yourself. And I, I can tell that you hold uh, high standards of anything that you do. And I think that's very good for the people that you work with. Now, speaking about that, um, does the book link to any other programs? And, and if so, what are those programs? Um, not not direct. There is uh, there is are, is links. There are links in the book that take you to the website pattymerritt.com um, for some of the tools and resources that are in that are mentioned in the book. You can download on the website. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have launched uh, the business reinvention blueprint. So that's really the um, you know the focus. I did a five day business reinvention challenge last summer. And then we launched the Business Reinvention Blueprint. And it's, it was just a way to go beyond the clients I work with one-on-one mm-hmm. to take people through a template to looking from identifying, you know, the power in your already existing network, your customer base, and then the resources in your business and kind of marrying them to how do you design solutions that future pr- future-proof your business yep. and then how do you position that in the marketplace yes yeah, uh, there's certainly a lot going on when i look at your website now um that is at um pattymara.com and i'll be making sure to uh, make these links available but when people get to your website what is the process that you will take them through if they want to work with you um but really they just need to reach out so in the the big piece in the website there's a blog with lots of um you post lots of content 
there's, you know, how to buy and read the book. Uh, there's actually, Rick, um, I can create a, uh, a special link for your audience. Fantastic. Um, pattymara.com forward slash my future business. And that will take them to a special podcast resource page. And what with that, what you can do is uh, download a tool I've created to help you look at your business from your customer's perspective. And then there's also information on a, on a free Facebook group is really um, where I have that people can pose questions and I interact and I'm just available to the community. You know, my, my passion and my focus is really what can I do in any shape or form that's really going to have an impact on businesses. Again, I think my theme right now is that future, future-proof your business because I think it's going to be our independently owned businesses that bring our communities out of this. So if you're looking to transition your business and make it that future-proof, um, you definitely want to reach out to Patty at pattymara.com. I will be making sure that the links back to Patty and her wonderful team and all of the work that she's doing is available for you no matter where you see this post. Uh, there will be links back to Patty. And with all that being said, Patty, this has just been such a wonderful experience spending some time with you on the My Future Business Show today. An absolute treat, Rick. That was a that was a really great question uh, in in their interview and lovely discussion back and forth. So I just feel like you just brought so much richness out. A wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.